Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome. I have to tell you, um, Jotham Stein is joining me here today. Now, here's what I want to say. I think about the people that I get to speak with. And how honored I am for that. Then I think about how wonderful it is that they've decided to, to get out on the edge and talk about things that people are just not willing to talk about. And I want to tell you what I mean. Because today you're going to be introduced to somebody that's not just written a book. You know, you could write a book. But what you're doing is you're telling people if you take these actions, if there are things you can change, this is all the things negotiate like a CEO is going to help you get ahead from lessons that other top entrepreneurs and executives have learned. So if you even took that class like I did and sat there for hours in front of Peter Drucker, he would not have told you what's in this book. So today I am so thrilled to introduce you to someone that decided to really take his own personal experience, the experience of others, and come out of the gate for us and help us understand success in the new world. Jotham, thank you so much for joining me here today. It's great to have you. Dr. Pat, it's great to be on your show. Um, I'm not kidding when I said to you earlier that um, this I felt like you were, you were writing this book for me because there are so many things in the book that I felt are, you just don't learn them until you learn them by experience. How important was that for you to drive that point home? Uh, incredibly important. That's, in fact, why I wrote the book. You know, they don't teach this stuff coming out of college. They don't teach it in business school. They don't teach it in law school. And I have the experience in employment to to see what things work out what 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 things uh, you have to look out for how to protect yourself which is the theme for the book and i wanted to help help people so that's why i wrote the book because after 25 years i have all the experience so i've learned it uh, along the way and i've seen quite a few different situations and so um that's that was the whole point yeah um was to help people w when they just don't know or they don't talk about it you're so right in the beginning that's how i started my practice in fact i realized people might be having a problem in employment or they might want to protect themselves in employment but they didn't know who to talk to they wouldn't talk to their family they wouldn't talk to colleagues um, they wouldn't talk to friends and um and that's that's helped me start the practice with an advertisement i talk about in the book I was stunned at who would call in, and, and now that's why I wrote the book, to help people. Mm. Um, look, I've been asking a question for 20 years. I, I just shared a little bit about my journey in this arena um, as, you know, what I, 
I now understand it's a thing, Jotham. Let me just tell you, I do, I do this because I'm on a mission. And 20 years ago, I was on a mission. Um, I've been fired from every job I've ever had, and for very good reasons. One, my last executive job, I stood up as the head of, of HR in a Fortune 50 company, the formerly known AT&T, and I refused to implement a downsizing program that targeted senior employees months away from full pension. Now, you and I both know that probably if I'd have read your book, I'd have probably got some other tips instead of just making a big scene in front of everybody about that. But I don't regret any moment because it led me on a different path. I want to ask you this question. I would love to know what you personally, what did you have to overcome? What challenges, what obstacles, what did you really have to look in the face of the fire and move beyond it to bring you to this very moment? Well, it has to be when I started out my own practice after I left um, the big firm just after two years. Um, I, I went traveling, then I came back and I did some other work, and then I hung out my own shingle. And as you know, Pat, you've been in business um, and worked for businesses. Uh, the worst part about it is not having enough capital when you start out. And so, uh, you know, after six months or so, uh, I was like, well, I'm not sure this is going to make it. Um, I've been very fortunate now, 25 years later, or more than 25 years later, have the experience and, and my practice is uh, going gangbusters. I get lots of referrals and, and I, I'm able to write this book. And I wrote a previous book for lawyers, uh, you know, a, uh, a how-to book to guide lawyers to represent entrepreneurs, executives, employees, you know, in any stage in their company. Uh, but in the beginning, um, business-wise, um, you know, it always is. If you don't have enough capital, if you don't have cash flow, uh, you can't keep your business going. And, and um, I, I'll never forget that, uh, thinking about that six months into it. Yeah. And, you know, so, so right. You know, thank you for answering that. Look, I love being able to speak with you to give people what I call insider information on this because we look at our environment and we have to look ourselves in the face. I love how you start the book, right? I love how you come out of the gate and help us understand you have to know the arena you're playing in, right? I, I love that but, you use that term. You could have used a million terms, but I got such a visual of that. <laughs> It's true, and, every, and, and, and people's arenas are different because they're playing in di different parts of the country. They're playing in different kinds of companies. Uh, they're playing in different, uh, with their own different experiences that they have with different individuals. You know, uh, companies are just a, a set of individuals, right, who are making decisions. Um, and then there's a the company structure over it. So you really have to know that. You have to know whenever you're going to negotiate anything, um, you know, you have to think what's your, what's your bottom line, what are your goals, and then what are the goals of the other side who you're negotiating against and try to figure out all the things you don't know, which is the point of, of, of the book. It, it helps everyone think about that and, and then start and, 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 and helps them understand what they don't know, uh, whether it's um, dynamics that happen, reading tea leaves, good and bad, or the documents that you have to sign to get an employment uh, uh, job, whether it's an offer letter or an employment agreement, change of control agreement. Um, equity stock option agreements and so forth. So I try to cover the gamut uh, of, um, of of possibilities. And you know, had you had I written the book back then, and had you read the book when you stood up in that uh, organization at AT and T <laughs> and spoke, if you had had a protect what I call a protective prenuptial agreement, that is um, uh, essentially an offer letter or a separation agreement 
that protects the employee would have protected you yeah. uh, on the downside if things go wrong. And um, listen, it, you were lucky it sent you in a, in a great direction that you got fired. But imagine if you had gotten fired and you were able to walk away with uh, a nice separation package, yeah. um, you know, some protection for your at and equity if you had it at stock or, or you had been guaranteed when you stood up there that if they fired you, <clears throat> which sounds like it was perhaps an illegal firing, but I don't know so many years ago, who knows what the law was then, but you would have gotten, let's say, a payment for your COBRA premium payments or, or yeah. separation pay yeah. that would have been guaranteed. Yeah. So in, in some... The good news is this, because I stood up publicly, and you know this about the politics and organization, because I stood up publicly, publicly and created support groups, they put me in the full severance package because there was too much to lose by having me go down the path of unethical, unkind at that point. So you're right. I was lucky. <laughs> I was very lucky. <laughs> I was very lucky. But you're right about this. We don't know what we don't know. I want to ask you this question along the same lines. I spent, after that job, I went back to school, got a master's degree, then I continued on. And what I studied what was what was happening in the world at the time. And it was called by Robert Reich, the, revi- the repeal of the psychological contract of work. And I went on to study psychological contracts for 10 years. And what I found is that the end game and the impact from not knowing what you have in this book called, caused people to be devastated. 1,200 pages of interview notes of people that I could pinpoint to some of the things you have in this book that would have made their lives easier. Because we don't have a psychological contract of work anymore, do we? No, uh, and you can, you know, most states are at will employment, so companies can hire and fire at will almost everywhere. Uh, and, um, and the whole point, is that's what the book is doing. By giving information to everybody, it's trying to help them avoid the pain of, 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 of something that goes wrong, getting fired, getting forced out, getting squeezed out. Now, we all hope things in employment go well, and we all hope we'll be at our job forever. But the practical side of it is that it doesn't always happen that way. And, um, and the pain that it causes, remember, employment jobs are so much part of our lives. They take up careers. They take up so much part of our lives, our family lives. And when something goes wrong, it can be really devastating. Um, to the to the person who's who's suffering, who's being fired, uh, sometimes for no reason, and and or is being forced out, sometimes for no reason, and uh, part of uh, I'm sure what you learned is those people that were better at reading the tea leaves, <laughs> and my book, negotiate like a, a CEO tries to explain all what the tea leaves are. Um, those people that could uh, recognize the tea leaves would sometimes avoid the emotional devastation by moving to another job, for example, or by taking some corrective action, for mm. example, um, before, you know, they got, uh, they got dumped on, fired, forced out, whatever it is. Mm. You know, you make a really good point in the book, and I want to piggyback off what you just said. And I had to read the line twice to make sure I read it right. <laughs> and this is a misunderstanding. Entrepreneurs and executives are not the same thing. They can be but not necessarily. And then you go on to say the skill sets are very different. And boy, did I have to learn that coming from being an executive. Can you talk more about this? Because I think this is a pivotal point for people that are executives and now I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And they think 
I'm just going to like do what I was, whatever I was doing. Uh, that sometimes works for the for the for those that are lucky, those that are skilled, those that have the both skill sets. But sometimes it turns out to be a big failure. So executives are typically those who can run companies. Uh, they have management skills. They have people skills. Um, they uh, work at building organizations, whether it's a small organization or a startup that's a company that doesn't have any revenue and then becomes a, a much larger company, or whether you're talking about your Fortune, your Fortune 50 company that you were at. What you were talking about earlier when you started your, 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 your radio network is what entrepreneurs do all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they start companies. It doesn't matter whether it's a radio company or a chip manufacturing company or an or a internet game company uh, or software company, whatever they're, whatever they're starting. And uh, executives aren't necessarily... Uh, 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 cut out to do that. They may be, but they're not necessarily. And it's not always the end result. For example, it's not always the fact that you just fired me, let's say, or you just moved me to a different location. It's how you did it that really is causing the damage. Now, I found that throughout the book in different ways, but I want to hear from you. What's your top three? What would you say is the top three we should be aware of so that in the negotiation, we understand how we take things personally, what's business, what's not, and what we can do? So the top thing you can do is uh, assess your situation and your leverage. Uh, And if you have any leverage at all going into your employment uh, uh, relationship, um, negotiate like a CEO. What does that mean? It means protect yourself on day one, if at all possible, with what I call in the book a professional prenuptial agreement, uh, which is nothing more uh, in most cases than a severance agreement negotiated on day one. That's what CEOs do. That's what the CEO of mm. AT&T, your company, did yeah. <laughs> before he or she before he or she joined. They, they negotiated their severance agreement on day one, protection. And, uh, and the point is that... It, that especially in this day and age with companies want to do the hiring, want to do hiring, people have a lot more leverage than they think. And they might be, they may not be able to negotiate in a full entire package like a C-suite executive, but they might be able to negotiate protection that could make it much easier for them. And so, for example, let's, let's make believe you're getting stock options. Yeah. And you negotiate a one sentence in your one page offer letter. And it says, if you terminate my employment for any reason, you will accelerate the vesting of my stock options by one year, period. That means that if that person gets fired, for, uh, things don't go well. And we, again, we all often hope they will go well. The, that employee is going to walk away with a year's worth of accelerated vesting. And, and, and assuming that equity or stock options were important, one of the reasons why that, that, that employee went to the company, um, that's, um, that's really, um, um, that could really help them. And, and uh, I'd also say another, another um, theme from the book that's really important uh, to note. If, um, if things don't go well, know you're not alone. This happens all the time, that people that are the shrewdest, that the most capable, that they're nicest people, uh, wind up being on the short end of an of a employment situation. As, as whoever was executing with you at AT&T after you got fired and did the... Did the did the uh, uh, riff, the reduction in force. There's sometimes that things just don't go well, but it, it's happened um, many times to many of your friends, family members, people you don't know, because nobody likes to talk about that. But my, my point is you're not alone. 
And uh, over and over again, people are able to get another job uh, that um, and reincarnate themselves, whether it's at another job in the same field or at a different field. And um, in, as, and if you're protected, uh, that I discussed uh, before, if you're protected, then that that um, uh, journey to the next job, to the next uh, employment, to the next career is made much easier with that severance package that you hopefully negotiated on day one or whatever piece of whatever is important to you. You've got a, a sentence in your offer letter to protect you. Yeah, I, I want to talk about something that's that may seem obvious, but it's not obvious, and it certainly is not wasn't obvious to me at the time. And I have to say that that outcome for me turned out better than I could imagine. And I don't know, back then, you know, we had to stay with the company for three months and literally train the people. And I started support groups and it was different then. Now we're in a different world. But I want to ask you this question as we sit in this different world. Many people don't think they need lawyers. And, and listen, sometimes going to a lawyer, you don't think about it. You don't want to go to a lawyer because, you know, you think it might go down a rabbit hole. Frankly, they're expensive. You don't have the experience. But a good lawyer that's not just good on the law, but good on business and knows how to read people and understand a fact pattern and can help talk you through it could be the, the cheapest and best thing um, that, that, that you or anyone um, um, can do uh, to help themselves, to protect themselves uh, and to make things a lot easier on themselves. And don't feel too bad that even you didn't have a lawyer. I can't tell you how many shrewd, very successful um, uh, people I have, clients I have that, that become clients because something went wrong and they never expected it and they had no idea. And I am the first lawyer they call um, in their career. And these are people as successful as you, Dr. Pat, but in different careers, different, different, uh, different areas. And it happens over and over again, which is a, it's a fascinating dynamic because we all go into relationships. I mean, you're a psychologist. We, we hope things are going to go well. We expect things are going to go well. We, um, I don't know what you call it in psychology, devalue or don't, don't, don't value or don't yeah. give uh, the risk that we're taking, right? Yeah. And, and what you discussed is really important. And why, why I said you should replay what you just said is people act under stress uh, in ways that you would never imagine, in immoral ways, in unkind ways. And we don't, we, that's just the reality of it. And I, I'm, I talk about it in the book. You know, I have those 59 fictional stories that, supposed to, that, that are totally fictional, but they're like repeat genres that occur. Like, you know, like if you think about a movie, the summer adventure movies, yeah. summer um, romantic comedies and so forth. And one of those stories is something I've seen multiple times in my career. Now, I've been doing it for 25 years. This does not happen every day or every year. But the wrongdoer in that, 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 those characters that, yep. that, that, uh, that I write about, the wrongdoer was the person who stood up at the wedding uh, who was a college roommate. And uh, pressure became, uh, you know, and money, that usually when money or yep. something's involved, uh, and it caused that person to have, in the story, look themselves in the mirror, the character has an epiphany and decides they're better to run the company than the guy who started it, who was the college roommate, whose wedding um, this character had stood yeah. up for. And that's happened multiple times. And uh, sad to say, uh, uh, again, it doesn't happen even yeah. every year. But it, it's sad to say it happens to men and to women. It's not, it's not, it's, 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 it's it happens. And it's the, it's the money being involved, the yeah. stress being involved. It's the worry about the family, um, you know, your family, how are you going to live and feed your own family? So, um, uh, and I want to say, 
that's the downside that they're protecting yourself against. There are tons of people out there who are as honest as they as long. And there are tons of people out there who, if they shake hands with you, uh, they will, uh, or metaphorically shake hands, I don't know how you do it on Zoom, but um, uh, they will honor what they what they said. They will honor the oral contract. Yeah. But it doesn't always happen that way. It doesn't always happen. I want to take a minute. I would love for people to know two things. How do they find out more about you, and how do they get a copy of this book? Because this is the kind of book, for those of you out there, you're thinking, well, I'm not quite, no. It's the book you give to your friend who is too afraid to read the book. I'm just saying. But it is something in here, and wait till you hear the question that I ask next, and you'll understand for a minute why this is a book for anybody that wants to be independent or executive. How do people get the book? How do they find out about you? So uh, to get the book, you can uh, go to Amazon and type in Negotiate Like a CEO, and it'll come up in either uh, paperback version or Kindle version. You can also just Google uh, Negotiate Like a CEO, and Mm -hmm. it'll take you to some uh, bookseller. I'm not sure whether it's Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or someone else. And to learn more about me, you can go to the website, uh, Negotiate Like a CEO, Dot net. So that's dot net. Negotiate like a CEO dot net. And there'll be um, um, some uh, a description about the book. There'll be a description about me. There'll be a way to contact me. And there'll be some of these a couple of fictional stories up there. So if you uh, you can learn all everything and decide for yourself if you want to write, buy the book. If you do, you can press the there's a button on the website and it will take you, I think, to Amazon to buy the book. Oh, I love it. Uh, boy, I only have five minutes, but I got to get to this. There's a part of the book that my mentor said to me in a different way, but it means the same thing. You can't teach people what they need to learn for themselves. Now, my mentor said, you can't take a person to a place you haven't gone. Okay, here we are. I'm going to piggyback off what you said. In the world we're living in, we're also dealing with customers and and clients. And even if you are a CEO or an entrepreneur, I think what you just said applies. Uh, There was a scenario that happened not too long ago uh, to, to someone I know that did not have an attorney, and it had to do with the vulnerability of a chargeback going through a system, and all you need is somebody to say, they didn't provide it to me. And when you wake up the next morning, your bank account is missing $25,000, and you don't know why. And then you go fill out the ridiculous forms and you used landscape instead of portrait, and your entire <laughs> argument is thrown out, and then you don't realize, I should have gotten an attorney, I should have written a letter, oh, and maybe now there's even an option to sue for that money, even though the chargeback didn't go through. And this is a loyal customer that loved you the day before. You see what I'm saying? Yes, uh, that's why uh, having a good attorney that gives business yeah. and legal advice is a good thing. And that's why you have to look out. You have to expect, hope everything goes well, but you have to look out for your downside. It's like having insurance. So uh, having a, an employment and protective employment agreement uh, in business, having the right kind of contract and having the right kind of people around you. You hope you never need them. Listen, you hope you never have to pay that lawyer. But having one there mm-hmm. that knows what they're doing could save you so much uh, money, but heartache. And, Heartache. And, and the devastation you're t- exactly yeah uh, it's really it's really because every everything that sort of goes wrong causes heartache right mm-hmm. or or or, or um, sometimes personal devastation yeah um, especially 
especially the customer who's been loyal, right? And yeah. suddenly they turn on you, and there's an emotional element to that. Somebody you've worked with, even for the, the most hardened salespeople in the world and the most hardened business oh. people in the world, it's uh, emotional when, when somebody turns on you and, metaphorically speaking, stabs you in the back. Yeah. It, th- thank goodness this was somebody that I was coaching. And because my area of, of, of expertise is in broken promises, you can, only, you can only imagine what my toolkit looks like. But, you know, here's my last question for you. I know you've got to run. My company is growing. We have proprietary software. We're going from one channel to 10. We're going we're gonna to launch a technology and crowdfunding in the next 90 days. And I am looking for a legal team. I, I cannot afford to not have that kind of support. What would you say to people that have conjured up a lot of reasons not to reach out for a legal team? Uh, in, in, if they have a situation like yours or anything close, um, I, I won't sugarcoat it. I'd say you'd be crazy mm-hmm. not to have a legal team there to help you. You have so many issues. Uh, so many things can go right. And listen, we hope they all go right. But yeah. I can tell you along the way, things might not go right. Or you might need some lawyer to fix something to make sure that you have a trajectory um, that, that makes sure you go through the roof or in the current lingo, have a unicorn. Right. So anybody that's anywhere close to your situation um, uh, and building a business, any entrepreneur um, should have a good lawyer that not only gives legal advice, but business advice to help protect you. Because you're you, Dr. Pat, as you move your company from one to I think you said uh, 10 channels, 10 networks or 10, yeah. 10 channels. OK, you don't know what you don't know. I don't. And, and it's not because <laughs> because you're not trained as a lawyer, you're not trained to watch out. You're not trained for risk. Right. You're not trained for who can who can stab Dr. Pat in the back. Mm. And, and you hope nobody will. But there's there's somebody out there who who, who might decide that's their business model. Mm-hmm. And so you want to protect yourself from all the things you don't know. Um, uh, so there's a because there's a dislocation of information. There's a, there's a you know, a, 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 the other person out there who might be taking advantage of you. And I can imagine in business in IP and investing in lending, you know, uh, you're lucky you're your own CEO now. But if you're taking an investment, you have no mm-hmm. idea what's in those contracts. You have no idea how investors, uh, whether they're private equity investors or whether they're uh, venture capital investors or or, or strategic investors. Yeah. Strategic investors, just another like business like yours, like a radio, mm-hmm. if you had a radio investor or a media investor. You don't know what their plans might be. You don't know what their lingo is when they talk amongst each other. You don't, you don't know typically because you're not trained what's in those documents. One sentence in a document can really hurt you. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's true of whether you're building, going to 10 radio channels or whether you're trying to grow your home, uh, small business from your family yep. um, or whether you're whether you're at a startup um, and you're trying to grow your startup uh, to to a much larger level. It, 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 it's all the same. Mm. Um, and and uh, this, the issue, what I say is all the same, is risk is the same, the lack of knowledge of what the other person knows. And I'll just use as an example. I'm not, I have no idea. I just heard about this that you're moving to 10 channels. <laughs> but let's just say for some reason you were taking an outside investment. Yes. Uh, just, okay. So if you're taking an outside investment, do you know what's driving those investors? Do you know what their goal might be? Um, do you know that sometimes investors already know that they're getting rid of the CEO of the company that they're investing in before they invest? Uh, do you know what those documents say? Because those investors, I guarantee you, 
have gone to really good lawyers who could put really good stuff for them and not for you uh, in, in this example in those documents. That's why you would need a lawyer. Yeah. And that's why coming back just to use my street language, you'd be crazy. Um, um, your listeners would be crazy if they're trying to build something uh, for themselves um, like you are building yeah. for yourself with, without having lawyers. And, and again, part of what they're protecting against isn't just financial loss. It's the devastation you were writing about. And we were talking about earlier, it's the emotional, um, it's the emotional um, 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 devastation. Remember, we've spent so much time building our businesses, spent so much time in employment in our career. When you lose something like that, it's almost like losing a, a metaphorical baby, right? And so, uh, metaphorically speaking, it's your baby. A company is what could be like a people consider it their baby. And so, the way you protect, if you protect yourself against that. Um, and you protect yourself and you stay in control or you get yourself a good separation agreement, depending on what you're doing. Or as an entrepreneur, you set yourself up so you can't be set on the outside and fired from your own company. And I can't tell you how many entrepreneurs yeah. have been fired from their own company. You've not only protected sort of your family and your wealth, but you've protected your well-being. You've protected your mindset. You've protected your emotional um, reservoir uh, of good things. And uh, that's the whole point about the book. Protect yourself. I love that you did this. I hope you will come back um, again. Please tell people how to get the book. And also people can connect with you on your website, negotiate like a CEO dot com, uh, excuse me, dot net. And they can also go to uh, negotiate like a CEO book, I believe, dot com. Is that correct? Yes. Negotiate like a CEO book dot com or negotiate like a CEO dot net. So if you put the book in there, yeah. you, you go to .com, and if you don't put the book in there, you put, you put .net, you put .net in yeah. there. Well, and so um, that's, that's how you get to the book. Well, I'm going to be filling out the form on your webpage because I am truly uh, not going to make the same mistakes again because the definition of insanity is just doing those same things over and over and over again and expecting different results. And you cannot do that when you're talking about business. Thank you so much for everything you're doing. Thank you so much, Dr. Pat, for having me on your show. You bet. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. Welcome to Boss Up Babes, helping babes show up, boss up, and thrive. With number one best-selling author, global influencer, and ultimate boss babe, Carissa Adkins. Carissa is a health and wellness expert and CEO of the 365 Daily Hustle, here to help mompreneurs and career-focused women boss up and reclaim their healthiest life. She is a pro at cutting through the BS and inspiring massive breakthroughs that help women create healthy routines and habits that facilitate personal and professional growth. Are you ready to reclaim your best life, take action, and be a boss babe? Let's get to it. What's up? What's up out there? Welcome to another amazing episode on the Boss Up Babes show. For those of you who are newer to the show or you're maybe catching this for the first time, welcome queens. What's up, mamas? I'm so excited that you're here. 
I am your host, Carissa Atkins, your champion for all things habits, health, weight loss, and of course, happiness. You can find me on all social media channels. And if you ever have any questions, whether maybe, you know, you want to share your expertise on the Boss Up Babe stage, or you want to maybe pick my brain on anything that has to do with health, having, you know, habits, happiness, et cetera, feel free to drop me a DM. I personally answer all of them. So when you ask a question, you're getting a direct answer from the Boss Up babe herself. So I've got an amazing guest for you today. I'm so, so excited. And I know I say that like every single time, but I really do like love interviewing these amazing boss up babes. And today not only is, you know, my guest, uh, she's a boss up babe, but she is the girl on fire. And I'm going to obviously, you know, I'll tell you a little bit about her here in a minute. But I want to just kind of tell you how I met the woman on fire. So uh, we are both members of an exclusive group. It's called the 100 Most Powerful Women. It's a mastermind coaching program. And we are bossing up on all kinds of levels, whether it's personal, professional, in our relationships, and our, you know, our side hustles, all kinds of women in this amazing organization. So shout out to our coaches and mentors right now. But that's how we met, right? Like I'm a huge believer believer in collaboration and, you know, getting to know the people that, you know, you, you know, you're in a circle with, you're in a sphere with. And I truly believe that you are the sum of the five that you hang out with and chill with all the time. So if I am, if I can even be somewhat close to uh, Miss Angela Brand, then I I feel like I'm doing, you know, a-okay. So with all of that, that's how I know Angela. That's how we met. She has an amazing amazing program out there. She's going to tell us a little bit about that later. But uh, of course, right? Like we collaborated, we took things out of the group and into our own Zoom room and we got to know one another and she shared her amazing like idea and vision for helping women like me who want to be like these powerhouse motivational speakers. You know, she's sharing her stage, her platform, her resources. And so I'll be excited to be walking on the fire stage uh, in a couple of months. But uh, with all of that, let me just kind of, you know, give you the the brief intro and I absolutely love it. It says, have you ever heard of the freckled face female speaker trailblazer who is taking the speaking industry by storm? Well, you guys, now you have Angela Brand, also known as the girl on fire, helps purpose driven women speak, write and coach in her fire by turning her mess into her message to make millions and reach millions. I love that, y'all, because we all have a mess, right? We all feel like our our lives sometimes can be a hot mess and, you know, our stories and, and past can sometimes haunt us. But she's saying she's going to teach us how to turn that hot mess into a message that makes millions and that reaches in millions. So I love it, love it, love it. So with over 12 years of experience in developing personal brands, speaking and coaching techniques, Angela trains her clients to remain authentic and transparent and coaching with a, a coaching academy for those who have the desire to transform their lives. Oh my gosh, I love it. She literally teaches uh, people, right, speakers, how to walk with confidence and power and power passion. And I love that. So not only is she a master fire trainer, which I'm like, Ooh, what is this all about? Uh, but she was a phenomenal, well, she is a phenomenal woman trailblazer of the year and recipient of 2018. 
She's not just read or wrote one book, not two, not three. This woman, I told you she's a boss up babe. She has written eight best selling uh, books and her mission is to ignite the fire of one million women and she will stop at nothing until it happens. So with that, Angela Brand, welcome to the boss up babe stage. Hello, Marissa, the boss babe. Thank you so much, so much for having me. Thank you so much. I am honored to be in the space with you guys and to share my story. Oh, I love it. I love it. You guys, you you know that I believe that every woman has a story and a journey and she's walking, you know, you know, her best life and and she can be walking her best life if she chooses to. Um, so before I kind of get in with your story, which I'm so in, like, I, I've, I've heard bits and pieces, of course, but not the full thing. So I'm excited to talk about that. But I like to always start off every episode with like a random question of the day. And not only is Tuesday like the best day of the week because Boss Up Babes podcast airs, but today is April 12th. It's my birthday. And so with that... Um, I am curious, what was Angela, what was your best birthday year ever? Like, was there a year that just really stood out to you? Oh my gosh. I know you might hit me with that one, but <laughs> I would say the year I moved to Charlotte was one of the first days I went to the Billy Graham library and I was able to walk through the library, see all of his accomplishments and see all the places he have been, the people he have helped. And I look and I was like, I want my own library. Like this, well, like that library inspired me. So when, when you talk about my eight books, I need a library full of books. Yeah. So that was my pivotal moment. Like, you know what? I need an Angela Brand library. For me, that will make history. Yeah. Because when you get into my story, you'll understand why I said that Angela Brand library. I love that you guys, not only, you know, does she have this vision, um, but we, Angela and I both believe in the power of like, you know, creative visualization and imagination and really manifesting our best life. And I bet you walking into that library, was uh, like, it's one of those moments that are just going to skyrocket you into that vision. Yeah. Oh my God. I, I, I don't want to cry already, but yeah, it's like, oh. <laughs> oh, well, I'm so, yeah. Like that's, that's an amazing birthday year. The first time she you know moved to Charlotte. That's, that sounds fun. I bring it up obviously because someone said, Carissa, why are you working today? Isn't it your birthday? I'm like, girl, first off I'm an Aries. So the entire month of April is like a birthday celebration for me. But I literally <laughs> just got back from six days in Las Vegas. I just received a leadership award. Um, from the 2.0 marketing conference. And I was just sitting there like, this is a boss up babe moment. Like these are moments that I'm like, ah, oh, like I am honored. And I was just like, what a, what the, like what a great birthday to like, great, great way to start off my birthday month. So there you have it, you guys. Yeah. Who doesn't want a library full of their books and other amazing, you know, powerhouse people's books. Um, I'll send you a book of mine for sure. And then you can add that to your library once you're in it. <laughs> Love it. All right. So Angela, let's dive straight into your story. Obviously, you didn't just come out of the womb thinking I'm a girl on fire and I'm going to change the world. Maybe you did. Maybe you didn't. But I find that most powerhouse babes, right? Most boss up babes have been through some, you know, that nitty gritty that they had to get through in order to find their fire. So tell us a little bit about your story. 
So a little bit, uh, like I said, a lot of people don't know that I used to pastor for uh, four and a half years. I was married and, you know, going about my life. And so a lot of things happened. And I got to the point to where the broken little girl was like, Angela, now it's time to stop bleeding while bleeding. Mm. Bleeding people, you're preaching, you're traveling, but you're still bleeding. You're still looking for daddy. So when I got to that breaking point and I kept hearing the Lord say, change, change. I'm crying out for change. I'm thinking, okay, I can I can change. But he was talking about interchange and geographical change. So I closed the church down and I moved to Charlotte. I told God I was never going to speak again. I did not want anything to do with the church. I didn't want to have anything to do with people, any of that. That lasted about a year and a half, <laughs> as you can say. God and had a different plan. <laughs> I remember I was sitting down and I was watching America's Got Talent. And, and the young girl, Angelique, she was singing Girl on Fire. And I just broke down crying. And that was the start of the Girl on Fire, of my fire being ignited. Mm-hmm. And then purpose start calling me. And I'm like, oh, my God, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And God lit that fire in me. He said, no, you're going to speak. Women need to hear you. Yes. And that's the story of the girl on fire and here I am. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So, um, what, what, it was the song that you really resonated with, like I'm on fire, right? We all know that song. Um, maybe Jacob can play it for us at some point, but was that like, how did you know that that was like, how did you know? Well, you know what? Let me back it up really quick. Um, what do you love to speak about? So when you're on stages, what is, what is like your go-to keynote? Like, is it about your transformation on how you found this girl on fire? What is it? It's called igniting her fire. And, you know, acronym for fire, I believe to break it down, but I listen to the words of the song. And a lot of people, she say, I'm a lonely girl, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to let it burn. Mm -hmm. So it's like that. Sometimes I feel like I'm alone, but I know I have to let it burn. I love that. That's the, the, it was the lyrics for me, the Mm -hmm. gap. Okay. Yeah. And you know, guys, like music touches the soul. Like it really does. There'll be days that I can hear rise up. Right. But there's so many different songs that like, before I go out on stage, I like listen to, and I, and they're like, that's not even pump up music. And I'm like, oh my God, but it lights my soul. You know, I'm like, this just speaks to me. So some people can't understand that. So we've got about a minute before we go to break. And I, I am curious, what has been the biggest struggle when it comes to stepping into that girl on fire? Or the biggest challenge? The biggest challenge for me is letting go of the expectations of what people see me as or what they expect from me as. Although I am the girl on fire, but I'm also an introvert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> to refill, to recharge, to think. And it's not, I, I'm not obsolete to challenges. I'm not obsolete to what everybody else go through in their business and their personal life. If not, it magnifies it even the more because when I'm not feeling my best, I still have to show up as the girl on fire. When I don't have it all together, I still have to show up as the girl on fire. So it magnifies um, how I have to show up. I have to show up with intentions because the women are expecting to have their fire ignited. Even when my fire is not where it's supposed to be, I still have to show up 
as the girl on fire. Ooh, and that brings up a really juicy conversation because I'm like, how, but like, how do we muster up the energy? Because I'm in the same, right? Like I help women be boss up and become the, you know, the next level of greatness for them. And I'm like, but there are days that I don't feel like bossing up, you know, and it's like, I don't feel like being the boss up, babe, and, and holding all that. So we're going to, I think that's where we're going to stop right now. We're going to pick that same conversation up. Like, how do you muster up, hit the reset and become that girl on fire, even when you're not feeling it? So you guys, we're going to take a quick break break. Uh, Stay tuned and we're going to continue on our conversation and the strategies and tips to help you unleash that fire within. Stay with us. Hey, you guys, we are back with another amazing guest of mine. Her name is Angela Brand. She's the girl on fire. If you haven't heard of her, go freaking Google her right now because she's pretty fantastic. She's total boss up, babe, in my opinion. And we left off, right? If you if you missed her story on how she became the girl on fire and like really, really sparked that with inside of her, uh, go back and listen to the very beginning of this, this show. It's, it's phenomenal and it's great. And I, I want to encourage you to go back and really get a feel for who Angela is. Um, but we left off with a juicy conversation, right? We started talking about like, how do you show up as the girl on fire, as the boss up babe, when you're not quite feeling it yourself, because as coaches, as experts, as influencers, it is important. Like everyone looks to us for that motivation, for the excitement, for the energy when they're not feeling so great. But what happens when we need to like re-spark that fire? So we're going to continue on with that conversation. But first, before we do, I am curious. So obviously we keep saying the word fire, right? And if, if you're listening to this, you're not like even like, like really probably thinking about the word fire or f-i-r-e but what does the word fire mean to you angela when i hear the word fire it used to mean all of my struggles everything i've been through and but i had to redefine that fire yeah when i look at the elf the elf means embracing your feminine energy mm-hmm. so when I fire i hear i am feminine the mm-hmm. I is impact. I am impactful. The R is tapping into your riches. I am rich. And the E is being extraordinary. I am extraordinary. I love that. I'm the girl on fire. I'm the girl that is feminine. I am the girl that is impactful. I am the girl that is rich. I am the girl that is extraordinary. Yes. And with that mindset, y'all, you can literally accomplish anything, <laughs> right? <laughs> all areas of your life. And I created the FIRE blueprint, the FIRE speaking model, the FIRE coaching model, the FIRE just, you know, when I go out and speak and show up, it is interchangeable in all of your areas of your life. Right. So when I, I'm speaking with FIRE, I'm speaking from my feminine energy, I'm speaking to impact, I'm speaking with rich content, and I'm street and I'm speaking with an extraordinary delivery. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. And I literally, I mean, I remember like being on your webinar and learning all about, you know, the fire stages and what you're doing for women who want to get up and stand up and speak and, you know, share their passion and energy. And I'm just like, man, this girl's got it together. Like, look at this woman, right? I mean, we meet with so many people and we're like, okay, yeah, like it's kind of small, but she's no small cookie. Like I'm telling you, like she is, she's got her, her crap nailed down. And I want to just, I remember one post I saw on like a Facebook page or something like that. And you help people also help find their brand. Is that correct? Yeah. Fire girl, the fire girl brand still, stay fire. 
Fire. Fire, yes. But I was like, oh my God. So like her last name is Brand. How like amazing is this? She helps other women like step up and into their power and find their brand, find their, you know, power, find, you know, unleash that fire within. So I know you kind of talked about the blueprint. Uh, do you want to go into any more in depth of like this specific blueprint? Like, is there something that you can teach us that women who are watching or listening today can really say, okay, like, I, I want to work with someone like her. I need to work with someone like her. That would definitely obviously help share my story. It will help find my brand. It will help build my business. But is there a strategy or something that you could give us today that would help us start to unleash the fire within us? You know, throughout society, we are taught to hustle. We are taught to grind. We are taught, you know, to work hard, to do these things. But those are the characteristics of a masculine energy. Yeah. When you're getting to your feminine energy, it's all about being in tune, being intuitive to who you are, your goals, your ideas, and resting and trusting that. So the first thing I would say is understanding that what you have is enough. Mm. What so you have, everything that you have is already in you. You just need somebody like me or Carissa to help you bring it out. It was in you when you were born. It was in you when God was thinking about creating you. But life situations and the messes that we go through, now we got to go back through the layers. Okay, what did God put in you? He didn't put you, know, you being not smart enough. He didn't put you being not big enough or all these and not enough syndromes that we do. He didn't put in you, now you're a single mother. Now you're divorced. You can't do this. Purpose was in you when you were created. Yes. Get to the basics of how God created you before the rape, before the molestation, before mm -hmm. the abuse, before the attacks, before all these precepts that we have about ourselves. That's the first thing is getting back to that and knowing that you are enough. If you're called to be a speaker, you have enough, you know enough. If you're called to be a coach, you have enough, you experienced enough. If you're called to write a book, you know enough to write about it. Yes. So how can one, like, how can a woman start to let go of the I'm not enough syndrome and really kind of start to step. Cause that's a process. You guys, if you feel that that's a deep seated belief that isn't true. Right. She said that, right. God created us to be fantastic human beings. He did not create us coming out, you know, hurt and, and feeling like we're not enough, but I struggle, you know, I used to struggle with that. I wear a bracelet that still says I'm enough, right? Like every woman does. I think we love to pack everything in because we think that we're not enough. We people please because we think we have, have to serve more. We have to give more. But how can a woman, because that's like, a, that's no easy thing to do is like, okay, I'm just going to start to believe I'm enough. What's the first step for a woman to start doing that? The first step I would say is to get help, get into the root of why do you feel like you're not enough? Yeah. And what have you, or who or what have you compared yourself to? So good. For me, it took me getting a coach, mm -hmm. digging, you know, digging deep, but it also took me being grateful for how God created me yeah. in loving and liking me, what I see in the mirror. There's layers to this thing of not feeling enough. You may feel enough to, okay, I write, I wrote a book, but you may not feel enough to hit the stage. Okay. I feel enough to go for a job promotion, but I may not feel enough to be an entrepreneur. So you have to know where are you at in your not enoughness, but it, it takes somebody to help bring out the best in you. Yes. And 
seeing the vision of your higher self and yeah, working sometimes yes we're blinded to that and i and i see it all the time with my own clients i mean totally different realm but a lot of women who you know i used and my i'm the same i used to stuff my face full of food to like numb out this i'm not enough this right like i just was sad internally and i was chasing you know if you guys have ever heard my you know my weight loss story like i was chasing this number on the scale thinking that i would be enough when i hit a certain size and a certain look and a certain shape and newsflash i didn't you know i got down to 12 percent body fat and i'm not even a competitor and that's tiny right like it hurt to sit angela my booty was so bony i'm like i lost my great assets um in this process, but I was like, I'm still not happy. Like I really did have to dive deep and understand where, you know, where this was coming from. Cause I really thought that, and and a lot of women think that, you know, certain money in their bank account is going to make them feel enough, certain titles, all these things. But yeah, I see that a lot in my own industry where they're, they're like, well, I'm an author, I'm a speaker, I'm a coach, I'm a this, I'm a that. And they wear all these hats and these titles and they pride themselves. I'm like, okay, but, but why don't you feel like enough to take care of yourself? Right. And they have these huge issues with taking care of themselves. You know, for me, it went from rejection from my father. So I felt like if my father didn't want me, then maybe I'm not enough. So that's get into those layers you may need therapy you may need all those different things so when i talk about the night in her fire and that feminine energy the feminine energy comes to heal mm-hmm. that's what people don't it comes to heal yeah you don't fire if you're not healed right that's yeah. what the fire tour is all about love that and i know we didn't really get a chance to talk about the fire tour really quickly what is the fire tour if someone's like what is this i want to be on it <laughs> Tour is a platform for new, expiring, and evolving authors, coaches, and speakers to present their package, their platform. All the speakers that I've trained, they I take them on tour as part of their training, a platform, and their official graduation, and celebrating their hard work and their investment into becoming her. That's the tour. So we have 12 cities, there's so many different cities, Charlotte, Atlanta, Dallas, Myrtle Beach. Baltimore, Virginia, and still talking about adding different cities and coming up for the next year. So that is the Her Fire Tour. That's where I'm on a mission to a night of fire of 1 million women. So if she can't come to me, I come to her. And yeah. to her. And okay. that's- so where can our, um, our peeps, right, our women who are like, I'm kind of interested or even just want to learn more about you, what's the best place that they can go and just learn about the amazing Angela and her fire tour stage? Well, www.angelabrandenterprise.com all social media i am angela brand www.angelabrandenterprise and i am angela brand beautiful and you're listening if to this on the podcast or on youtube whichever platform you're on you guys that just scroll down below you'll see her links to angela's you know amazing bio that i didn't even get to read the full thing she's just like total bo- i told you guys like i don't bring anyone who isn't worth interviewing um and that doesn't have a story and that doesn't know how to help other women because that's who i want to serve as well right i'm on a global mission to help more women all across the world boss up get healthy walk in their confidence own that that feminine power like angela speaks about so if you guys are interested seriously in learning more about her go check her out she's phenomenal i just love watching everything that she does her freaking stories like on it's like everything from social media it's on point right she is brand all day long and also looking for speakers if you want to speak on the tour then reach out to me as well 
Yes. And if you guys need like the hookup, like let me know if you can't find her and I'll send you to her because she is helping make my dreams come true, of course, as a speaker as well. So y'all, I am proud to have helped thousands of women boss up and break free from their health limitations and become unstoppable. So if you are in a place where you need to boss up and get healthier, because I'll be honest, speaking on stage takes energy. It takes passion. It takes confidence. It takes a lot of things that yes, Angela can teach you, but if you still don't love the body, you're in and, and you want to see something a little bit better, I'd be happy to help you boss up and have that physical transformation, have that mental transformation as well. You guys, I've loved having you on the show. Definitely. If you're listening to this comment below, what was your biggest takeaway that you're going to take away? Um, and Angela, any final thoughts at the last couple of seconds we have? I would say, think about how you want to leave your legacy. About Do you want to live full or die empty? I don't know about any of you, but I'm leaving my fire legacy that I can teach my daughters, granddaughters, and the next generation before me is to ignite her fire and live a life of fire. I love that. Beautifully said. I'm not going to add anything to it because it was so awesome. Rewind that. Play it again. Play it again. Play it again until you believe in it. And uh, with that, Angela, thank you so much. You've been a beautiful guest on the podcast today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Boss Up Babes with Carissa Adkins, bringing you tangible tips and expert coaching advice to help you boss up and get healthy. Tune in every second and fourth Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com for interviews with industry leaders and powerhouse boss babes that will empower you to take action and live your best life. If you're ready to boss up and work with Carissa in one of her transformative group coaching programs, visit 365 Daily.